and welcome to Mind the Cakes, a podcast from creative writing at the University of Winchester. In this episode, we will speak with industry professionals about careers in publishing. I'm Mary Chamberlain. I'm an editor. I've been working in publishing since 1988. I started out in the publishing company in London in production which is where the books get made and where I managed to accidentally put the wrong author's name and title I think I told you on two and a half thousand books which then had to be shredded and redone so that was tricky and then I crept my way round into the editorial department which is where I wanted to be via Matthew and Drama who published play scripts and I did a half and half job production and editorial and then in 1990 six I think it was I went freelance and became an editor from home so I've been working from home for all those many years as a freelance editor and doing a little bit of lecturing here at the university as well so it's a nice mixed job the journey is very uncertain I don't think there's any hard and fast rules about any of it except to say that you have to be enthusiastic to some extent a little bit pushy I guess you mustn't be put off by the nose and you have to be very very flexible and just say you'll just get in any way you can get a job anywhere in publishing if that's what you want to do or in literary you know in a literary agency and work your way around and that's certainly what I did and I think it's recognized in publishing that everybody who comes in whatever level you know, they're not necessarily wanting to be a junior assistant for very long and they're all just trying to get in and get a leg up and move around. There's a very good video on YouTube by someone called Tom Weldon, who's now the publishing director of Penguin Random House. I can't remember what it's called, but if you put in Tom Weldon tips on publishing, he's very eloquent about what they need. You know, they want someone to come into a publishing company and be very keen and have lots of ideas and just show that they're really, really interested in publishing and that's how you'll get on. Most of the publishing companies are still in London, which makes it quite difficult for people starting out because the salaries are very small, so it's hard to live in London. But if you want to go into publishing, you probably will have to, to begin with. And a lot of those London publishing companies are very large, multi-company corporations in huge open-plan buildings. So if you can just get yourself inside the building, Mm. then obviously at lunchtime you can walk around to different floors, chatting to people, getting to know what's going on, making yourself invaluable to people. Getting into the building, they all have, the big companies certainly have internship um, problems, internship programs. They're all done in a very egalitarian way now, which is great because it used to be that you just rang up your friend in editorial and said, oh, can my friend or my daughter come and work for you, which was handy if you had that contact, but very unfair on all the people who didn't have contact. Now you just apply to the graduate scheme and you're allocated a job. So I think you have to be prepared to be on a waiting list for quite a long time. So any sort of graduate internship like that is brilliant. Anything that you can get on your CV that shows you're interested, you know, you've done a bit of work on the Splendid Fred record label, or you've done a bit of work on Vortex, or you've published some things yourself online, or you've got a blog. Anything like that shows you're interested in books and publishing. Also volunteering, you know, it's very tough if you're trying to pay rent and make your way and live and then I say to you well actually you need to work for free but if you can volunteer in some way to get the experience they're much more likely to take you on if you say look I'll come work for you for free for a week but that'll get the experience onto your CV and with any luck it might make the contact. Ness Harbour had someone 
two or three years ago, I think, who ran a literary agency in Manhattan who said, could you provide a student for me to read through all our piles of submissions? And that student can do it by email. So the student could be living here in Winchester, carrying on with their studies and reading the emails at whatever time of day suited them. But at the end of that, they could then put on their CV that they'd done a week's work for a literary agency in New York City, which looks absolutely fantastic on your CV. So anything like that that makes it look as if you're interested and keen. But it's hard. It's the chicken and egg situation, isn't it? How are you going to get experience? You haven't got experience so you're no use to us but you've got to just ignore that and just be really really keen I think and push I think it's a bit the same be keen and don't get put off by the rejections um you will inevitably as an author you're going to have a lot you know no, not inevitably some people are accepted straight away and that's fantastic and they get published straight away most people it's a long and tedious process of trying to get yourself an agent because you really have to get yourself an agent before you can get a publisher assuming you're going into mainstream publishing which means books you really will need a literary agent thousands and thousands and thousands of people are writing to every literary agent all the time so a lot of it is luck everybody's work is possibly of an equal standard there are a few that are really really good and there are a few that are really really bad but most people you know fit into the middle bracket so you've got to stand out inside way. You need to be able to write a really, really good application letter. It helps, obviously, if you've got a bit of experience behind you in something like literary agency or publishing, as we've talked about in the work experience section. And just be keen. Read your letters really carefully. Don't send silly typing errors and things. You only really get one shot with an agent, because if you send in a letter saying, sorry, I think I spelt potatoes wrong, they will remember you, but they'll remember you as the person who spelt, spelt potatoes wrong, not as the person who wrote a fantastic novel. Yeah. Just be keen. Use the writer's and artist's yearbook. You know, I say to the students here, sleep with it under your pillow. That's obviously a bit silly, but you do, you know, you need to know which agent likes what sort of book and how to approach them, even little things like how to address them. Just, it's all about being businesslike. You know, there are so many people with really perfectly good novels written and ready to get them published. But the person I think who's going to get there quicker is the person who shows not only that they can write a really good novel, but that they're quite savvy and they understand that publishing is a business. Business. It's not just all about producing lovely creative words. It is a business and they need to be professional. And I think if you can show that, as well as obviously having written a fantastic novel, then I think that's how you'll get through. So it's really, and that would be the same if you were interviewing for a publishing company. You know, it's really reading up about the publishing company, finding what they publish, showing an interest in it, showing that you know that what you have fits a certain market. But it's hard and you mustn't, you mustn't allow the rejections, assuming there are rejections, you mustn't allow the rejections to get you down. You just keep saying to yourself that every household name you can think of was rejected over and over and over and over again. J.K. Rowling, so many rejections. And now, does it really matter? Just made it a more interesting way to start. And yeah, go for it. You know, this is this is a fantastic area to be working in. You probably won't make a massive amount of money. If Obviously, if you're going to turn into a best-selling author, then you make pots and pots of money. And if you're going to be the literary agent who has discovered the best-selling author, you will probably make pots and pots of money through your commission percentages. Most of us working in publishing are not on very fat salaries, but it's a fantastic job to be in. You know, I have perfectly normal conversations with really quite well-known people quite a lot of the time. There's a lot of fun to be had in it. I'm always reading. I'm always reading. I know what I'll 
I'll be reading next, which is great. It could be anything. I know what's coming, which I love. And it's very, very flexible. So if you are, as probably quite a lot of the listeners here are, creative writing students and wishing to be authors, you know, it's difficult to make a living as an author, particularly as a first-time author. So you can have what we might call a portfolio career. So you can do a little bit of book reviewing here and a bit of writing your novel there and maybe a bit of working freelance as an editor here. You know, you can have bits and pieces of your job come together just as I do editing at home and lecturing here at the university separately and one day maybe if I wanted to, if I was capable of writing a book I could fit that in around it and it makes your life very flexible you know I'm not I'm not trapped in an office most people probably aren't nowadays but you know I can go off and do something I need to do in the middle of the afternoon and then finish my work at two in the morning or whatever suits me that may not suit the publisher who's employed me but you can be very very flexible So I guess the advice is go for it, give it a go, but just don't get despondent about the fact that it's difficult to get into. It's difficult to get into because it's a nice place to be when you end up there. So yeah, keep going. Well, my name is Richard Kelly and I am a lecturer in creative and professional writing uh, here at the University of Winchester. And previously and concurrently with teaching, I've written a number of books, novels and, and, and non-fiction books, but also I have worked in the publishing industry for quite a lot of years with a number of different publishers. I spent about 10 or 12 years in all with an, a very fine independent publishing firm called Faber and Faber in London, in, independent in the sense that they are you know, they, they're a, a, a lone entity uh, as a company. But I've also worked for an, a very large publisher called Penguin Random House, one of the largest publishers uh, in the world. Uh, it was brought, came about by an amalgamation of, of two already big publishers called Penguin and Random House. So, uh, and, and in working for each of those companies, I, I've been an editor where I, um, I acquire books by writers and I, and I work on them with the writer in a close fashion and I try and prepare them for the, the state they need to be in to be produced as books and, and taken to the market. My route into publishing was a little bit unusual, but it's probably fair to say there isn't necessarily a conventional one, or it's not a rare thing to find your way there by unusual means. I had been working in other creative-type jobs, including theatre and television film production, but I'd always been writing, and long and the short of it is I was commissioned by Favour and Favour to write my first book. And when I delivered that book nine months later... It was it, the book had been edited in. A, in a, I'd had to edit it in a rather complicated way was, uh, to suit the material, and the editor who commissioned me saw something in the way I'd done it that he thought uh, indicated uh, something promising about the role of ed- editing books more generally. Uh, he, he he had a, a very difficult manuscript on his desk that was too long, and he said, "Would you ever read of this and then let me know what you think? It's got to be shorter." And I took it home and, and, and read it, and it did indeed seem to me that it should be shorter. And I proposed a solution, and he said, will you do that for me? Will you, will you cut this manuscript? And, and the next thing you know, I had become an editor. I was being offered a position. So all that means is that, that I, I had a certain skill set that was handy, and an opportunity came along. But it's worth saying, I think, that for people who, who are interested in, in publishing and the job of editing uh, in publishing... The, the, the more conventional route is to polish up your writing skills and think particularly about editing and how you make a piece that you've written into something better and, and practice on 
your friends uh, work too, if, if they'll let you or if they, they they want you to. And eventually, you can look in the in the jobs pages for jobs going in publishing, and there's a there's a standard entry level job called being an assistant editor, where you know you you, you publishers are looking for that kind of skill, that kind of promise in a young person. Can they read something carefully? Suggest how it could be better, how it could be shorter, whether it's in the correct order or would benefit by some kind of manipulation. And if you have those skills, then you can find your way into that area of publishing just by consulting the jobs pages. My journey in publishing on the editorial side of things was to start as an assistant, which is, as I say, the entry-level position in which you're often you're learning the ropes usually from a more experienced editor, as I did from the, the gentleman I, I mentioned who gave me my first editing task with this big manuscript. So you work with that person and you study with them, you see how they deal with their writers, you perform administrative tasks for them and, and you look after their books within the publishing house because any, any experienced editor has a lot of books and a lot of authors to take, to take care of but there's a lot of admin too that needs to be done to keep the, the machine ticking over so you, you kind of cut your teeth or, or earn your spurs if you like doing those kind of jobs while crafting, cultivating your skills about how to deal on the page with how to make a piece of writing better and then eventually if, if you've shown enough aptitude in that area you'll get the chance to acquire books for yourself. In other words, the company will, will say to you, go looking for material for us, you know, talk to agents, say that you're available to, to receive submissions and that you're looking for writers. Or your boss, your senior editor, might give you something to look at and say, what do you think of this? And the next move is to become responsible for acquiring books, contracting books to a publisher, and being responsible for taking that book through the process to publication. And that's what I did. I became next a regular editor, or a full-blown editor. And eventually, the next level is to be a senior editor, where you you just take on more responsibility, and you end up supervising the people, the entry-level people who you were once yourself. That's the step progression on the editorial side in publishing. If you're interested in, in editing in publishing, well, first of all, understand that we, I've been talking here about being an acquiring editor, a commissioning editor, which is on a conceptual level, working with writers and books and, and how, how to make them as good as they can be. There's also a thing called being a desk editor, which is somebody who's trained in, in copy editing and proofreading. And they, aren't, they don't inter, interact with the, the, the author so much, but they're still dealing on that technical level with the production of, of, of text. And that is... That can be a rewarding job for somebody who's got a good eye for good writing too, but doesn't necessarily want to have the, you know, the higher level decision-making interactions with, with the author. But those jobs kind of live together. And, but for, for both of them, you need to be looking at the same skills. You, you need to be really focused on the task of making a piece of writing as right and tight as it can be. You've got to be really obsessed with sentences and with paragraphs and with chapters. You've got to be the sort of person who can, can look at a piece of writing with an eye and, and see uh, the, the, the shape of it and the desired shape of it a bit quicker than, than most people will do, to feel whether the, the, the structure, the rhythms throughout it are working the way they should be, and, and to be able to go deeper or, or let's say, closer at a, at a sentence level, beginning with those, those units of meaning. Has everything been constructed as well as it, it can be? So it sounds a bit over-technical that way, but it's it's a mindset that you get from from loving language and and loving good writing and learning the the craft of good reading too. 
all things which should come very naturally to anybody who's studying particularly creative writing or, or literature of any kind. So if you've got those core you know, passions and, and competencies, you just need to keep practicing them. And then if you're considering looking into the jobs world and the opportunities that are available in publishing, you have to understand that it's a, a very sought-after industry to enter. It's not a, a hugely remunerative one. The, the, the pay in publishing is not brilliant. But because it's a very creative and fascinating job to have, a lot of people want to do it. A lot, a lot of bright people want to do it. So you have to get your, your brightness as bright as it can be. You've got, to, you've got to understand and school yourself in what's going on in publishing out there in the first instance, the, the UK publishing world. Who are the big publishers? What do they publish? Who are, who are the big literary agents and what kind of material do they handle? You, you've got to get a bit of industry know-how because that's what publishers are looking for when they hire young people. Has this person got writerly skills, reading skills, potential editing skills, but also do they understand the kind of books that we make and the kind of marketplace into which we publish books? Thankfully, there are many ways one can do that. Just for example, the, 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 the publishing industry has a, a leading trade journal called The Bookseller, which is full of news and views and industry reporting, and it has a very good jobs page too. So anybody who wants to get into publishing at graduate stage should be reading the bookseller and, and, and learning from it to get that feel of what's going on in the industry. Hello, I'm Dr Vanessa Harbour. I'm a senior lecturer at the University of Winchester. Publishing, I've got a book that was published by Firefly in August 2018. But my sort of connections with publishing are through the Golden Egg Academy. I work a lot with editors and agents and publishers, which has been a great opportunity for me to work. Right. I work with the Golden Egg Academy and as an editor and a mentor for aspiring children's writers. And through them, I have a lot of connections with editors and publishers and agents. It's a great opportunity to stay at the cutting edge of publishing and know what they want. In the past, I've sort of written for the press and stuff like that. but publishing-wise, my main connections now are through the work that I do through the university and through Golden Egg. And now, it's going to sound like I'm going to contradict myself in that I've said you need to be aware of what publishers are looking for. It is also important not to write to the market because obviously what is selling at the moment will have been sold to the publisher maybe two years ago. So when dystopian was very popular, everyone was saying, oh, we must write dystopian stuff. But often the dystopian books will have been sold, you know, a couple of years beforehand. It's important not necessarily to follow a trend. Write the story you want to write and then sell it to a publisher. If it's a good enough story, it will find an agent or a publisher because the story will stand on its own. It's important not to try and think oh, well, those books are selling now, so that's the sort of story I'm going to write. You want to write the story that is right for you. Don't think in terms of trends and 
markets write the story you want to write but be aware of the market which sounds like a contradiction I know but it's it's understanding the market and understanding how publishers work is important yes it's no good sending a children's book to an adult publisher for example um, I've had a very strange journey this is about my fourth career fifth career <laughs> I like to do things the long way round. <laughs> I get there eventually um, I know several of my colleagues have done the traditional route they've gone to university and then gone into publishing and then sort of ended up here no not me I made a few mistakes early on didn't go to university that was a man's fault I blame him I then ended up setting up my own business because of a divorce and in that business I set up a PR company and management consultancy and basically in that I worked on the basis I would say yes to anything if somebody came along and asked me could I do something I would say yeah I can do that and then go away and work out how to do it but consequently that meant that I would ended up writing software manuals for Sony electronic arts not electronic arts Sony computer entertainment Europe who did the PlayStation do the PlayStation and that was just as it was coming out and I ended up going and doing some consultancy for them I did PR management for various charities and pharmaceutical companies and I would write press releases and newsletters and stuff like that and I did the property pages for a local newspaper which was great because I was taken out to dinner by development companies and flown in helicopters and taken in stretch limousines just so that I would write about their things which was fabulous but at the peak of that I had to have some surgery um, which unfortunately didn't go well and um, as a consequence I lost everything and I had to start again and I ended up coming to university and I've never left they haven't been able to get rid of me because I did my degree, then I did my MA in writing for children here, then I did my PhD and became a lecturer. But while I was teaching on the MA, Imogen Cooper, who was then senior editor for Chil Chicken House, came and spoke to my MA students. And we became really good friends. And she came to me with an idea for Golden Egg and asked whether I would be interested. And I sort of went, hell yeah. That sounds great. And so she asked me to be involved in that as well. So it's, I suppose my idea all along is, if in doubt, say, yeah, give it a go. Because you never know where, what you en might end up doing. Be flexible and be willing to say yes and have a go at things. Maybe things that you don't necessarily expect to be interested you never know what they might lead to so be open for ideas in that they might lead on to other possibilities um, if they want to work for publishers they need to get on Twitter because lots of jobs are advertised on Twitter and social media so they need to look at those they need to 
network. So when publishers come here, they need to make contact, say hello, and talk to them. But also be aware it's very, very competitive to try and get in there. But it is a great job. It's a fabulous job. But there's also thinking about there's not just editing. There are lots of other jobs within publishing. There are foreign rights. There are sales. There's marketing. There is publicity. So don't just think about it in terms of editing. So think about all the other opportunities and just get in the door and then work your way up. And for getting published, it's being paid patient. Get your book as best as, as best as it possibly can be and then start sending it out and be patient. Don't worry if you get lots of rejections. It's understandable. I got lots of rejections. It's part of the process. If in the rejections you are getting the same comments, then obviously there is an issue that you need to address. But if in each one you are getting very different comments and there are things that you can't really deal with and they're just sort of generic general comments then don't worry about it. It just takes one agent to like your book. I always think of it as like selling a house. You only take one person to like your house and buy it. It's just one agent that you need to like it. So it does take, it can take a long time. You need to be patient with it. But, and have faith, have faith in your book that you will get there. But just keep going at it. Keep writing. Don't give up. Keep believing in yourself. And enjoy life. Life's good. Thank you for listening to our Careers in Publishing episode. As you've heard, there's no set way to start a career in publishing, but hopefully there's something in this podcast that will help you consider or start yours.